0: Welcome to the Illuminating Lives podcast. I'm your host Israel Smith and I'm here to share conversations with you about what it means to illuminate our own lives, to be comfortable in our vulnerability, to truly love and value ourselves and then to be able to use that to light up our own life and shine that light with the people we love and care about the most. This is going to be messy, it's going to be vulnerable and it's going to be a whole lot of fun. Welcome, let's get started. all right welcome back to dad's guide to thrive a series of interviews with real dads from right around the world where we talk about how are we doing what are we struggling with and what are we doing to manage our struggles to improve who we are and to show up the very best we can in our lives so today i am super excited in this episode to be joined by todd janitasio i practiced his last name Uh, Todd is from New Jersey in the US and he's a veteran marketing expert. He's been featured by some big names from Entrepreneur, Forbes, Huffington Post. He has a range of proven systems he's used to grow brands, generate leads and increase sales in our constantly evolving digital world. And man, that must just be like a hamster wheel of constant change, that whole digital (laughs) marketing gig. Um, he's certified in yeah. sales and marketing from some uh, some very wonderful and prestigious organizations, including HubSpot, DigitalMarketer.com, and the Jordan Belfort Straight Line Sales and Persuasion System. He's been a featured speaker. He's been working in digital comms and marketing since 2003. So, coming up on 20 years in the industry, that's pretty impressive, particularly with yeah, how fast Oh, it man. Is. Sheesh. <laughs> so... Yeah. Um, I'm really excited yeah, to have Man, you that's
1: the first time that I've that, that that that's the first time that 20 I heard the 20 years phrase coming up, man. Oh boy. <laughs> <It was good.
0: laughs> so, let's use that to dive straight into what are you struggling with? Well, feeling like I'm old
1: yeah. in this industry. <laughs> right <laughs> Oh man. But um yeah, it's been a fun ride, you know, and and a big journey and just like dad life, digital marketing constantly changing, always new struggles to keep up with. And, you know, when you become a dad, that's what happens. You take on this whole new identity that you're unprepared for no matter what. And, um, you know, you just do your best every day and, and try to adapt and keep you on your toes, you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think it's
0: my experience of, of being a parent is a lot like being in small business. You know, whatever whatever inner game stuff, mm. like whatever internal beliefs or, or conflicts or unresolved stuff that you've got going on onto the surface, become a parent or become a small business owner or for those of us crazy enough to do both at once, do both at once and it'll bring <laughs> all of that stuff to the surface. It'll be like, right, you thought you dealt with some stuff? Okay, That's let me bring up what you really need to look at. So what I wanted to get stuck into with our conversation <laughs> is um, really just a bit about your background with your family and the work you're doing right now. But then on top of that, like, what are some of the things that you personally have struggled with as a dad, you know, in your field, in digital marketing? Um, I I know you've got some young young daughters. So, yeah, tell us a bit about your your family setup and the work you're doing and, you know, how that's sort of led into this conversation of being real about what's going on.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I um I quit my job in June of 2011, my corporate job, to start my own company and 6 weeks later approximately is when I met my will would be wife. Oh, wow. So she has only known the entrepreneur version of me. Uh so I I lucked out uh in the timing because, you know, I a lot of the questions that people have are like if you have a significant other when you go to quit your job and start a business, that you know, there's that whole dynamic. So for me I was young and single and I I just, you know, jumped ship and and did my own thing. And then we met and uh, you know, the rest is history. So that, that was all, that was all great. Uh, And we've been together since, so that was in 2011. Um, So we've been together for that long. We got married in 2014. Uh, We had our first daughter in 2016, Taylor, um, who's five and a half now. And we have a two year old Haley, which is when we we were pregnant with the second one, we had to move out. We had a, a, a tiny apartment with the one kid. So we had to get a house and move out a little bit more into the suburbs. And um, literally we unpacked the last box and Michelle laid in the bed and and said, oh, boom, I think my water just broke. We got to go to the hospital. So it was literally minutes. Like we unpacked the last box in the in the, which was the baby's room. And that was two minutes later. We're in the car driving down to the hospital. Oh, um, my so the timing wow. worked out perfectly. We cut it close, um, but you know, it worked out. That's amazing. Now, you did mention in a bit and, of a, um, bit of when, a chat
0: before, before we got started that, um, that you met your wife on the beach. So I, I've just, this to me sounds like the kind of thing you see in a movie. I'm just really curious. Just, just tell me a bit more of that story. How did you meet each other?
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, so, like I said, I I had just quit my job and she's a teacher, so she had summers off. And so we had both um, we both had houses down at the beach with our respective group of friends separately at the time. And so we were out at the bar on a Sunday night, which could only be for really entrepreneurs and teachers. Right. So it was destined for us to connect there. Um, and, uh, to be honest, as the night is a little bit fuzzy for both of us, um, but <laughs> you know, obviously we, <laughs> we, we connected on a level where we had each other's full names in saved in our phones. So we knew it was something legit uh-huh. <laughs> and, um, especially with a name like mine, she had it spelled correctly. So, uh-huh. was <laughs> Good.
0: that's always positive. Um,
1: so, you know, we just, uh, we hit it off from there. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, and then it just developed from there, but yeah, it was great. And, you know, uh, to think it, it, it was one of those things. And I forget her side of the story beforehand, but like one of her friends was supposed to like catch the train and miss the train. So that's why they were still there that night, you know, like a whole very kind of serendipitous, uh, opportunity. But I, I also think no matter what the situation, if we met that night or another night, we were destined to meet and be together regardless. So that was how it happened that night. In another universe, we met a different day, a different way. Yeah, but, um, right. like at a cafe you know, that's, outside that's of your the office. That's the kind of stuff I believe in. So. Or something,
0: right? Like it's, it's right. just, you, you never know. Right, but, yeah. And it's a whole thing <laughs> of like, there's no accidents, right? So, and I mean, you and I have had this, we, we met through through Jim Fortin's TCP program and, and that really... Exactly. When you dig into that stuff and you yep. start getting into the quantum realm and thinking about the universe and manifesting and all these things, it's like, whew. Right. First of all, heady conversations, really interesting. But second of all, there's, right. there's no such thing <laughs> yeah. as coincidence anymore. You just go, well, it's just all meant to roll out the way it's rolling out. So who it, knows?
1: Yep. Yep, exactly. And so whoever's, whoever's listening right now, the messages that you're about to hear from wherever this conversation goes, they were meant for you at the time that you're listening. So, um, you know, pay attention.
0: 100%, 100%. So so really what I'm hearing is you've got a great relationship with your wife. You have two beautiful daughters. You've already encountered some kind of curveballs mm-hmm. of having to relocate the family just prior to having your second. You know, there's yeah. and obviously thrown into the mix as all of the inherent uh uncertainty that goes with being an entrepreneur having your own company and relying on yeah. what you do to attract and generate clients and revenue for yourself it's not like you're getting a handout of a paycheck every fortnight yeah. or every month you really need to you know the buck yeah i used to say the buck starts and stops with me if i do nothing i get no cash so i got to do something right yep. so so i'm, yeah. I'm <laughs> exactly <laughs> so i'm interested to hear from you like What are some of the things you've found challenging? What are some of the challenges or the struggles you've faced as a dad, as a husband, as an entrepreneur, juggling these three things? Well, probably like five things. Your wife, your two daughters, that's three. Your business and your own self, you know? How do you manage it all and what are some of the things you've come up against? You know, it's,
1: it's, it's crazy. I think something that hit me really hard when we had our first child, so... At the time we lived in a two bedroom apartment so we had our bedroom and we had a second room which was like it was my office when I first started my company before I had gotten a, a a real office and that's where I had all my sports stuff up on the walls you know my autograph stuff and everything and then as we got ready to have the baby and that turned into the baby's room all that stuff came down and is gone and like you know that the apartment especially not not being that big it's like the apartment is just kind of decorated generically for the family or whatever. And my wife has all her stuff in the bedroom. And like, it was almost like my whole existence just got like wiped out. Mm. And I didn't, it, I didn't think about it at the time when we were like changing the rooms over or anything. And like, I almost only realized it in hindsight where I just realized like, man, I feel like I... Don't like I almost like I don't I I feel like I don't exist anymore in the like this old per, like the old person literally is gone, and not even just like at an at like you know at the identity level like now you're a dad and you have a family and that whole thing shifts but then like physically to see, see like my whole physical existence like is gone too. And it was like a, very, it was like very sweeping to just like clear that stuff out. And especially, you know, that was well before TCP. So I wasn't as, you know, in touch and, and self-aware of these stories and interpretations and everything that we learn about from Jim right. and the community. um, And so, like I said, I I kind of figured that out in hindsight where I was like, whoa, that's like, that was a bigger deal than I realized. And no wonder I felt so heavy all the time and lost. Yeah. um. You know, and and that's not something that I really hear. Even still, now five and a half years later, I don't. It's not something I really hear dads talking about or people talking about when it comes to you know becoming a dad. You know, and, and of course, everybody like you know in the mainstream or masses or whatever, you want to talk about how oh, I love being a dad. It's great. I love my kids. It's amazing. It's like, but you know, there. It's definitely an adjustment to become. It, it's you know, through TCP, we learn about our identity and we cho- we live more intentionally around creating these. Uh, this new identity that we want to be Mm. but when you become a dad it's not really your choice it just kind of you you're forced into it and i think a lot of times as you prepare for it you think so much about like okay do we have enough diapers and wipes and all the milk bottles and the war and like the milk warming machine and all these like other things that like you don't think about like the mental and emotional like you're not you're not prepared mentally and emotionally for this whole like that old that old todd is gone Right, you know, right. and there's nothing really you could do about it. <laughs> it's so interesting. Like I've I remember so that vividly, was that was definitely something for me. Yeah, yeah. I
0: remember vividly having these chats with people. Like you know, when it's your first child, you do these classes, like how to prepare through the pregnancy, how to get ready for the birth, what's going to happen at the birth, all how to be a supportive partner for what your your wife or your girlfriend or what have he's mm-hmm. going through, all this stuff. But what I found like to be the biggest gap is they don't tell you what happens once the kid arrives, <laughs> like that whole section afterwards, you're like, what the <laughs> hell? <laughs> what am I going to do now? Now I've got this person. They're like, oh, see you. You're on your own. You know, so there's that. But then what you've raised here is yeah. another really important conversation, which is the part of like, as a man, so much of who we are, who we grow to be, to become the person who can you know attract a partner to want to build a family with right like that whole person who we end up as there is one version of Mm us and then the version of us that maybe start their own business along with that and has to kind of you know drive the activity to market and sell what we do and, and fulfill for our customers and clients and all that but then like you say it's it's so amazing that i've never really reflected on that just how much we have to evolve and become a brand new person all over again and it's almost like in a way we let go of or we we kind of almost i feel like we maybe need to grieve the loss of that version of us that came from like our early mid late 20s where we're like oh yeah i'm just kicking around i'm going yeah. to the bar and i'm having fun with my girl and playing sports and attending games and collecting you know memorabilia and signed yeah, I don't know who the basketball yeah. team is you follow there, but you know what I mean? Like, it's that... <gasps> <Yeah. laughs> but it,
1: it's, We're the Knicks, you know, in the Knicks. Oh, First right place on. Knicks as of right now, oh, you oh. know. That's right, yeah.
0: So, you know, so that that whole thing, like, it's, it's so true. So there's, like, a grieving process as dads that we almost need to have for that. And I'm, I mean this with love. Like, it's not like a regret-filled thing, but it's just that we need to right. acknowledge the shift in our... in who we are and who we need to become to wear these new hats. So... That's a really, really interesting yeah. way to frame it. That's awesome. So,
1: yeah, yeah, you know, and the more you, the more aware you can be about it, and to be intentional about it, the better it's going to be, right? Like I, it, I think most people, you just skate through it, and you just you're having a difficult time, and you know you're having a difficult time, and then you just kind of push through. And then you look back and maybe in hindsight, you, you figure these things out and then, you know, you have to go through, you know, whether it's, a, it's just therapy or, you know, over beers with your friends or through programs like TCP, like you start to figure these things out in hindsight, but if like, like almost if there were some kind of ceremonious moment where it was like, okay, this this is a new identity and a new person mm-hmm. and you can recognize it and you can, like you said, grieve. I think that, you know, that would be super helpful.
0: Right, right. Like it's, I mean, I'm curious, from your perspective, you know, you spoke about this, first of all, that this is not something that you... Even five, six years later from when, you know, your wife was pregnant and you sort of went through this this shift of identity. And for me, it's like my daughter's 15, my son's 11. So it's it's a long time back for me, but, but I didn't really... Personally, I didn't experience it as much with my first as I did with my second. Like that to me was a big cataclysm of stuff, which... Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I ended up with like really quite severe postnatal depression after my son was born because things just changed so much with the second child. You know, the, the dynamics shifted, the, the sleep was just ruined. I was at a very different place in my business and in my life. The commitments and the stakes were much higher and I was doing all this extra physical stuff, like training for marathons and triathlons. So I kind of was just pushing in every direction <laughs> all at once, you know. And there was no sanctuary, yeah, there was no rest, there was no downtime, and I just went and just bottomed out. But but now looking back on it, I can identify for me what that moment was where I really had to go. Okay, something ain't right here. But for you, you know, what was was there like? Was there a pivotal moment? was there a, a, a point in time where you sort of sat down with yourself in a way, you know, metaphorically sat sat down with yourself and went, all right, what's going on here? You know, I don't I don't feel like the same guy. I need to kind of recognize and, and unpick what's going on here. Where, how did that come about? And where were you in your life? And, you know, tell us a bit about that, if it was like a single event.
1: Um, <clears throat> I don't remember like a single event um, happening, but, I remember – so, you know, my family, were are very much diehard sports fans. Like, e- even my wife more so before the kids. Um, but my family, we've had season tickets to the New York football Giants since 1950. So, we've been going to the games forever. Wow. And then, like, that used to be S- Sunday morning, 7 a.m., I'm at the gates at the stadium drinking liquor partying all day come home you know go Uh to the game get home late at night crash work on monday like now all of a sudden like that was like really a big part of who i was as a person like everyone knows like if you're going to the giants game todd's over and, and like you know todd's todd and his family are tailgating over there that's where you go if you're going to the game and and then like all of a sudden it was like I can't go spend 12 hours getting drunk at the stadium anymore. Right. Like, Mm -hmm. and so those things start to like disappear. And now we're at a point where my daughter, you know, she was, uh, two years ago, pre pandemic, when she first started playing sports, it was on Sunday mornings. And so we ended up switching like, instead of tailgating now we're going to soccer practice in the morning and then i'm going to the stadium to watch the game and then coming straight home Uh and now we're at a point where we just go really briefly so like that whole part of like i was i was to myself and everyone who knew me like diehard giants fan uh, i'm at the stadium every game to now it's just like a totally different person and you don't realize how strong these different parts of our lives like make us who we are until they're no longer there right and it was a huge struggle well i should say the decision to not tailgate at the giants games was an easy one like it to me it was like oh man taylor soccer's on sunday mornings all right that's what we're doing and then i'll go to the game afterwards like i I didn't really struggle with the decision itself sorry
0: to interrupt but so for someone not from the u.s what like i know what tailgating means over in australia but in your context okay what what does tailgating mean
1: sure Yeah. Yeah. So tailgating is you basically the game starts at like one o'clock or four o'clock. You get to the game at seven or eight a.m. You set up a tent and tables and a bar and the grill and you're grilling and drinking in the parking lot before the game. That's what that's what tailgating Uh, is here in the U.S. So I don't know what is that similar to what you guys have going on.
0: Right. Right. I think I understand. Um, yeah look for me personally i've i've never been one to get completely rabid and excited and passionate about sports to like go to every home game or anything you know like i I used to see the odd game of basketball here and there but like where i grew up was a long way from the city where the games were held so Mm -hmm. it was never really that much a part of my upbringing yeah Um, yeah but i can certainly relate to like my my stepdad there's a you know a game over here like rugby league football it's similar to Rugby Union, it's a very, very popular one in Sydney. And my stepdad grew up and kind of raised us on rugby league. So we'd be watching the games at home nearly every Sunday and there'd be like when it was finals, Playoffs. It was always yeah. That like you say, there'd be a grill, there'd be yeah. beers, there'd be people over. It'd be a big, you know, right. big community gathering. So I do get that. Yeah, I just. Yep. I was trying to work it out. Like, yeah, exactly. What, is, what does he mean by tailgating? Okay, cool. <laughs> so I get that. So, so it comes like. So by the time the game starts at yeah. one or like four, you're already pretty loaded, right? Like you've had there, you
1: know, a good sort of six oh, or eight yeah, hours yeah. Of sitting there, getting, yeah.
0: getting drunk and, exactly, right, right,
1: yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it's a good time, but but those days are, are behind me now. Um, and so, uh, like I said, the decision to, to go to like go to Taylor's soccer instead of tailgating was an easy one. I didn't really struggle with making the decision, uh-huh. but then once I did, I was like, uh, it was again, like that grieving process almost like, Oh man, I like this person who I was. So I started, you know, for t- 20 years, once I was like kind of like of age to start going regularly. Um, with my dad you know and 20 years of tradition and also that part of it that it was with my dad too like it wasn't just like a thing i did with my friends but like it's the tradition with my dad and his dad and um and so it it was like a grieving process almost like i had to recognize like and say like that part of me is gone you know it's um You know, but, and this is all very, you know, the, the stuff that we learn in TCP, not to keep bringing up TCP, but you know, it's, it is obviously a major part of, of my life. My wife's in it too. So we're like, you know, we're hardcore (laughs) committed uh, to the program, but you know, it is real, like recognizing all these like, you know, stories and your identity, your subconscious identity Mm -hmm. and, and all that stuff. And, and. You know, so when you look back on life and, you know, we go through all these exercises where you, you know, write your stories out and, and you start seeing these and identifying them like, oh man, that was, that was a different person that needed grieving. (laughs) And I love how you put it that way.
0: Yeah. It's, I think it's a a concept that has been made really aware to me through the pandemic, right? Like there's been a lot of, a lot of grieving that has needed to occur in a lot of different ways for, you know, parts of our life that will no longer be the way they used to be. You know, what we what we as parents imagined mm-hmm. for our kids, the world they were going to grow up in was kind of the same as the world we, were, we grew up in. But that's not really the reality, you know. And uh, what, we, yeah. what we held true about, you know, tomorrow is going to be kind of the same as today with a few little tweaks here and there. But like we've all lived through the last 18 months where we don't even know what today is going to be like, let alone what tomorrow is going to be like. Like it's yeah. constantly changing goalposts. Yeah resetting our own expectations, managing that process of like what like you say, you need to just, you need to sort of just gently let go and release with love those parts of ourselves that need to fall away so that we can, you know, come back to who we are. And and I guess, I think part of it for me, absolutely grieving, right? And But then part of it too, and this is maybe something if, if you've experienced this, I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on. There's like a... There's like a leaning into faith or trust that even though we don't quite know what's coming, it's going to be okay. You know, like that that we're going to be able to look after the people we love, that we're going to be able to be a decent person and, and our kids are going to grow up with life experience that they're meant to have, that they will enjoy and they will grow from and they will have fun with, you know, that sometimes our own expectations Well, I mean, God, all of us who have done any processing of our own daddy issues would all be able to attest to this. The the expectations (laughs) that get placed on us as children and then the expectations we perhaps unconsciously place on our kids as parents, you know, we need to just gently ease back on those and release them so that our kids and and us can have a more open and and free relationship to just be who we are. What's your experience? Yeah, I
1: think that's... Yeah, I think you're right. The 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 open and free experience is is key and it's it's the thing about life. One one of my favorite things uh, if you if you're familiar with Ryan Holiday, he's like um he's an author. Uh he has the the Daily Stoic. His last few books are all about stoicism. Mm. Um but I heard an interview with him one time where he just said, I don't know if we can curse on this show, but he says he says life is an effing paradox and there are just we have to hold contradictory ideas at the same time sometimes and it's an impossible thing to do and feel but that's what it is and and one of the things too like going through tcp and like being a parent and thinking to myself okay i don't want to put any negative or or whatever kind of stories or limitations on my children. So I'm super conscious about that. And I'm like, how do we properly lead and whatever and behave ourselves to be good parents and allow our children to become the best versions of themselves. But then all like, and and, and feel like, Oh my God, every single thing I do matters. Every word I say they're listening to and they're imitating and it's making a subconscious impression but then also at the same time, like you just said, nothing matters and everything's going to be fine anyway. But it's like everything matters so much, but also it doesn't matter at all. Right. And they, and both of those things exist at the same time. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's a, it's, it, you know, messes with your head. Absolutely. <laughs>
0: yeah. It's a real, it's a real mind mash. I think, um, I think that's so cleverly put. Right. And, and I've experienced this as a dad where I look back at who I was in previous versions of myself, right? When, when I was at my worst of my depression when my son was born, the experience that my daughter had, that my wife had, that my son had of me at that point in my life, took me a long time to make peace with that because I knew that, I, I know now mm-hmm. that that's not who I was wanting to be. But I also know with compassion and with grace I was just doing the best I could. It wasn't real good. It was a pretty shit best, but it was the best I could do at that time (laughs) in that moment with the tools I had. Right. So, right. So, I think that's the thing that I've really found comforting as a parent to go, like, I'm going to get shit wrong. I'm going to make mistakes. I'm going to. You know, I'm going to f it up. Mm -hmm. My kids are going to probably have to go through their own round of therapy and self-development and evolution and growth and what have you. But but at least I've normalized that process for them. So they see what it looks like to be someone who constantly dives into your own crap to work it through, to grow, to be a better person, you
1: know? You know, and I think that's the best thing that you could do. And I love that you just articulated that and and brought that to the forefront for everybody listening in for myself mm. where that's you know accepting you know it, it sometimes things are what they are see our emotions can get the best of us we might make the wrong decisions and, and react different ways but to just constantly be open to reflecting and improving and being self aware i think is is huge and sitting in the gratitude for what we have like you said like yeah. Maybe it wasn't the, it wasn't the best job in the whole world, but it was the best job that you could do at the time and that's something I try to think of every day too, especially when we all have so much going on and there's so many distractions and things pulling us in different directions it's It's hard to be present sometimes mm. and you know, I spent a lot of time for the first few years of being a dad, where like yeah, you're sitting there physically, but mentally you're you're still thinking about. Oh, yeah. A business thing, or something else, or you're not there, right? And so now, what I've started to really sit in gratitude with is, like, if I'm a, I'm on the couch or at the dinner table and looking at my two year old or my five year old and think to myself, like, there's literally nowhere else in the entire world at this moment that I would rather be than right here with my wife and my daughters and then like and th- and I let that kind of try to wash away anything else that I'm thinking about and I'm like literally there's nowhere else I'd rather be in the whole world how amazing is that and how thankful I am for that for that moment in the moment mm. and that's something that I try to like bring myself back to um when I feel myself kind of drifting away a little bit is like you know this is this is it or like you know if my daughter a lot of times I pick her up from school after that, they got like the aftercare where they watch them until a little later mm. and I pick her up and she says, can we go on the playground? And like, I used to, my knee jerk reaction was like, no, we can't. We're and then she fight and then we go for a few minutes. Dinner and
0: bath time and all that stuff, right? Right? Yeah. right,
1: exactly, exactly. And then like only just a couple weeks, I mean, she just started school in September. So it's she's only been in school for two months now, but a co- only a couple of weeks ago, I realized I'm like, Enjoy that, like mm. just, it, it's eight minutes that we do it. Like it's not right. even a, a long time, and I'm like, this is why. Like this is the moment. These are the moments that we need to enjoy and be present for. And so now I'm just like, yep, throw your stuff in the car. Let's head You know, let's run. We'll go to the playground for ten minutes, and right. and I just try to be present and and grateful in those moments and enjoy them while they're here.
0: Because you're right. That's the stuff that the kids are going to remember that you made the time and that you. You know, connected with them at their level, with what their interests were. You know, I mean, geez, eight minutes, ten minutes—like you could get stuck in traffic for that long. You know, like it's—it's not that big a deal, right? Exactly. So, (laughs) especially in Jersey, I'm sure. But yeah, you know, so that that whole idea is—it's just beautiful, (laughs) and and that really like being present and being grateful so powerful like to me those are those are two things that i always return to because i know that and i've learned that when i'm really really present in the moment then you know when i'm really fully here i'm not thinking about all the coulda woulda shoulda in the past all the stuff that i simply can't change and that's where i was exactly. when i was really stuck in my depression i realize yep. now reflecting back to me, that's what I was. I was just always in shame around. I should have done this differently. I should have been better. I should have been this, mm-hmm. that, the other. I, you know, should have, could have, would have. All the things I wish I could have changed. And then the flip side is, which often as business owners and entrepreneurs, we we sometimes catch ourselves in as well, or leaders in work in in, in corporates that, you know, when we have an important role to play and we we have a lot of responsibility. The other side of that is is spinning off into the future about. Or the, the, the maybes and the what ifs of what might happen and how am I going to have, you know, trying to pre-plan yeah. and pre-control and, and all of that every future event. And in both cases, it takes you right out of the moment. It takes you away from connection. It takes you away from right. the people that really matter. Like if, if you sit down with any dad and for any dad listening, if you were to write down what are like, what are the highest priorities in your life? I bet top five is always going to have health and family right whether that means your kids individually your partner or some combination mm-hmm. of that like our own health and our own family they're always going to be up there and so where do you get the chance yeah. to connect with people and to be at our best it's, it's in the present moment and it's when we can really appreciate all of the abundance and amazingness that we have in our life so mm-hmm. that you know Man, I just I just wanted to kind of echo and reinforce that because I think it's so powerful to really think about for all of the dads listening yeah. and the mums, anyone listening, when we can be really present and really grateful and start to kind of mesh those together. Yeah. So in those yeah. present
1: moments, oh, it's great. So. Yeah. And, you know, one of the tools that, you know, come. Go on, sorry. One of the tools that comes up in TCP is, is the alter ego and uh it is the alter ego and there's a book by a guy named Todd Herman called alter ego which dives a lot deeper into it and um you know in, in tcp we talk about like this one version this one alter ego version where we want to step into but um it, when you dive deeper into the idea it's really that we have all these different identities and there is the entrepreneur version of ourselves or the you know the work part of ourselves but and then the personal and then the the spouse and then the dad right, right. and one of the things you know is to recognize that we have these different identities and own them and while I don't have like in in the book Todd Herman talks about like when he gets home like when he's at at work he's got an alter ego and then when he gets home he switches off and he he turns into like in his head he turns into mr. Rogers to be with his kids right like super friendly uh-huh. and all that kind of stuff Puts on a and cot so in, um you know? and so I right exactly yeah his house shoes or whatever um but you know while i don't have like an alter ego specifically as a it like for dad mode i do think of it as like dad mode where i'm mm-hmm. like all right especially work you know now working from home obviously after the pandemic i went of the office now you know no reason to have an office anymore so um now it's really like all right what, once i pick her up when we get home like it's it's dad mode time mm-hmm. like don't worry about what else is going on you know Put your phone in the other room so your notifications don't bother you. Like, enter into dad mode. And then at the same time, like, you know, trying to um, spend time with my wife where we try to, you know, Friday and Saturday night, we tell our daughter it's date night for mommy and daddy, even though we're not going anywhere. We're just downstairs, like, watching TV and having a drink or whatever. But, like, we tell her, like, you know, you have to go to sleep. You can't, can't keep getting out of bed every 20 minutes and keep calling for us because we need to spend time together. And like, that's my, you know, that's our date night and that's like Mm -hmm. hangout time. And you know, it's those moments too, where we haven't put ourselves, we, we, we don't put the pressure on ourselves to make it some kind of fancy over committed thing where it's like, we just want to hang out on the couch and like watch a show that we both enjoy where we could decompress and do that kind of stuff, you know? And so being able to do that, you know, and, and just make sure that you have time for those things um, before they drift away too far apart, you know, is super important.
0: Right. I mean, it's 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 so often something I've heard from, from family, friends, from people I know through sports teams, you know, the part of the challenge of becoming a dad is juggling all of the different priorities you know juggling our own personal needs i mean a lot of the time we don't even know how to articulate or prioritize ourselves right so that's a whole other yeah can of worms but but the bit of yeah yeah really nourishing and nurturing our relationship with our partner with the other parent in the family you know and for those people listening who are in single sort of parent situations, you know, I I honor and respect you. And I also know that for those of us in relationships, it's one of those things where we need to um, constantly tend that garden, right? Like we need to make sure we are watering yeah. the relationship, tending to it, caring for it. And so like you said, it doesn't need to be a great big production. It doesn't need to be a candlelit dinner and like a fine dining restaurant every week where you kind of, mm-hmm. Hire a babysitter and go out for eight hours and see a show and do all the things and spend a fortune. Like it can right. literally be in your comfy track pants, you know, with your bed socks on, sitting on the couch, yeah. eating nachos and drinking beer. Exactly. Like it can be that yeah. that, that lo-fi, <laughs> that, that sort of easy. But what it is, it's about being present in that part of our life with that person. Because yeah. when you when you make it yeah. the choice to become a parent, it doesn't mean you make a choice to stop being a partner and a lover and a friend and you know, all of that. So those, those things need to be yeah. made, made time for too. I think that's really, really powerful. And I mean, on top of all of that, it's really, really great that you're demonstrating to your kids what a healthy relationship looks like, where that relationship has its own time scheduled, right? Where you go, you know what, we love you. And we want to play games all the mm-hmm. time. We want to hang out with you. However, So that we can be better mummy and better daddy, we need to actually make time for the two of us because we love each other and you know, now that you're here and with our work and everything else, we don't always get as much time to be together as we used to. So it's healthy, right? Because kids think, uh huh, okay. So yeah, you know, I'm really important, I'm really valuable and I'm really loved, and I'm not the center of the universe, and mum and dad need to spend time together. And that becomes, you know, monkey see, monkey do, right? Like those sorts of things shape who our kids become. What they look for in future relationships themselves like it's only healthy it's all good
1: yeah yeah exactly exactly and and last but not least certainly not least is really the first most important thing is like just recognizing the need for like loving yourself and self-care too you sure. know like and and making sure taking the time like you know we were talking uh offline about like playing basketball and stuff and like something in in my neighborhood there's this playground for the kids and there's like a half basketball court there. And so I've started like, because I love playing basketball and I'd never ever get to play. Um, I just started like, you know, this is a lucky thing being, you know, owning your own business where if I got an hour open in my schedule during the day, I'm just going to hop over to the court and shoot around for 15 minutes by myself. Like, Mm. because that's just something I love. I enjoy doing gets me, you know, it's also therapeutic to do some mindless stuff. That's not, at the computer and whatever. But like just taking out something to recognize, I think there's two parts of it. Actually, there's one. I enjoy doing that for myself. Right. And it serves no purpose other than just kind of playing and doing something I enjoy. Mm. But the other part is just the fact that I'm telling myself subconsciously I'm important enough to do something mm. for. And again, like this is not anything extravagant. Like I'm t- spending 15 minutes, playing you basketball, right. you know, um, but but just again, like the same way you said, like how you, how the our our children see us and see how we're treating each other. It's like that same exact relationship with ourselves, where like I'm showing myself and acknowledging myself. You're important to have some time too, to be acknowledged and 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 valued. You know, it's so good. I
0: think that's that's especially powerful too when we think about. For those of us who grew up with one of our parents or both of our parents, potentially, where like you know the 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 archetype of or the stereotype of the dad is the guy who's always working and who you know gets home from work exhausted and doesn't have any time on the weekends because he's in the in the yard or in the shed and just always doing stuff and not always present and here and connected and open and available, or the mum who. And I mean, you know, I'm stereotyping here based on my own experiences, but like the mum who constantly does everything for everybody else and gets hardly any sleep and she's always yeah. doing the housework and the chores and she's never taking time for herself. And it's almost like previously, maybe in, in previous generations, it was like a sign of like a badge of honor of like, I'm a martyr to my family's needs. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I, for I will sure. gladly mm-hmm. punish myself, drive myself into the ground, exhaust myself, wear myself out for everyone else's benefit. And... You know, we, as kids, we sponge all that up. We learn and absorb all of those patterns yeah. of behaviors and beliefs. And then suddenly we find ourselves as parents yeah. doing the same thing and showing that to our kids. I'm like, wait a minute, <laughs> that's not healthy.
1: And I'll tell you what, that's also partially, this wasn't a directly thing that led us into TCP, but it was exactly what you just said. My wife, My wife doing all that stuff, and me also feeling like i'm doing i feel like i feel like i'm doing everything she feels like she's doing everything and there's still quote unquote everything left undone <laughs> and now you have two burnt out you have two burnt out parents who with who just feel like we're working we're just hustling non-stop all the time but but we are nowhere near where we want to be in life so i'm like let's pause because something's not right here Uh if we're both putting out this much energy all the time and we're always feeling tired and worn out but and we're not even reaping the benefits of that energy output like we need to change something you know and so now of course through my wife is in i think this is her third round of tcp this is my second. She started one round before me, Mm. but you know, you just, you learn about these things and you learn to kind of, you said earlier, you know, like letting go of certain things and just, it's really about clearing out and allowing prosperity into your life, you know, and letting things be easy because again, the stories that we absorbed as children from generations, Mm. it's, you have to, you know, work really hard at everything if you want to get anywhere and you know that's not necessarily true, and, no. and um, but, I mean, but then you just find yourself working hard for no reason. <laughs> uh, yeah, because it's
0: the habit. I mean, to your point about prosperity, right? Like that's right. That's a great word, and and it, it obviously straight away for probably a lot of people, it talks to money and wealth and financial prosperity. But when we really when we think a little bit more broadly about that, what does it mean to be prosperous? You know, to have uh, a sense mm. of you know beautiful well being and, and health. To, to be able to have really rich, really meaningful and connected relationships, to have an abundance of time, you know, the, the ability in our schedule to go, you know, I'm just going to take the day off. I'm going to sit on the couch and watch movies because that's really nourishing for my soul. Or I'm going to yeah. go be in nature for a whole day with the family and just take a walk and a mm-hmm. picnic or like whatever. Right. But, but those things. And this kind of touches again on that present moment gratitude, right? But those those things of just being being prosperous, it doesn't necessarily mean having a truckload of cash mm-hmm. in the bank. It might mean prosperous in many, many other ways. So I love that. Look, we yeah. are the kind yeah, of I'm, guys I think- Something could, I'm curious about. Sorry, go on.
1: No, 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 you go.
0: I was just going to say, we could quite easily just riff on this for another 24 hours straight, right? Like I have this this problem. Uh, I know, (laughs) I know. We really could. (laughs) It's really like my dad. We've got some stuff, but man, we can just talk and connect and riff and it's great. I do want to respect your time and and our listeners. So, I'm I'm keen to to draw slowly to a close, but you were about to raise something. So, tell me what you're going to say and then we'll kind of get into the wrap-up.
1: Well. Yeah, yeah. I'm very curious for dads who are not entrepreneurs where I don't know if this is generational or, or just our, um, you know, archetype, because as an entrepreneur, we very, you know, we learn to value time over money um, where, you know, there's a saying where it's like, first you work to get the money, then you use your money to buy your time back. Mm-hmm. Right. Like you trade time for money and then you trade your money for time and then you trade your money for more money. Um, but so there's things as a dad where I'm like, I'm not going to mow my lawn because I don't need to spend two hours mowing the lawn that I could spend two hours with my kids because I recognize that time whereas opposed to like my dad freaked out when I told him that we were hiring a landscaper and why wouldn't I mow my own lawn and that's because like he values the hard work whereas I value the the free time and spending that time do regardless of with my kids or not like I just don't why would I spend time mowing the lawn when I could spend time doing something else? And I don't know if that's a generational thing or if that's like yeah. an entrepreneur mindset where you're like, you know, I'm not going to spend time on these types of house chores that have, you know, quote unquote, low value.
0: See, my read on that personally is- Or at least low value to me. It's, yeah, know? it's it's a bit of both because my dad had his own company. He He used to build houses, like residential homes for people right through his life. So he worked for himself mm. for like 45 years, right? So he was always- in that mindset. Oh wow, of, that's of, awesome! Yeah, of like entrepreneurship, running his own thing, you know. However, the exact same thing when I said, "Man, I'm getting someone else to mow my lawn. I'm getting someone else to clean my house because I have better things to do with my life. I <laughs> want to go to the beach. I want to soak up the richness of this experience right. called being alive. Not doing. Yeah. It. And 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 it, yeah. it shifts and changes. And I think this is the piece. You know, you spoke a little bit about intention, right? So for him, the concept of mm-hmm. his upbringing, I think, was that there's two types of people. There's the people who mow their lawn and then there's the people who we look down upon and sneer at who pay somebody else to mow the lawn because they're so rich and they live in a different universe to the rest of the world. But but, but really, I think personally that we all have choices of this nature available to us all the time. And it literally is like you say, it's a case of what's highest value, what's highest priority. And, you know, sometimes... I love getting out on the mower. Like we live on two and a half acres, so we get a lot of grass, you know. And we have, um, a a, you know a ride on tractor. Oh yeah, you got a ride on though. Then that sounds like yeah. So we sit there. Oh yeah,
1: that's different. Yeah, that's a fun. That's a fun ride. You're out there. (laughs) (laughs) Like
0: I'm I'm looking out my office window, and we've got a a bank with with a bunch of plants on it, and there's this really (laughs) invasive vine that's taken over and smothering everything. You know, it's kind of like Day of the Triffids out there. So. So I'm Mm. thinking there's, there's definitely some work (laughs) and I get, I get to choose, I get to choose, okay, I'm going to spend that time because I want to feel and experience that, that movement of my body and the satisfaction of doing that work. And I also get to choose, Mm -hmm. I would rather prioritize spending money to pay somebody else to do that because there's something else I'd like to do, you know? So I think it's, it's a slightly yeah. higher order conversation where we really start to execute choice and and think about our time as what it is, yeah. which is the most precious non renewable resource that we have. So yeah, I really feel like mm-hmm. that can be can be both, but it can also be more a generational thing, you know, rather than a rather than a, an entrepreneur versus employee kind of thing. So anyway, definitely another one we can I'm sure spend another hour digging into, but <laughs> <laughs> but. What I'd, yeah. <laughs> what, what I'd love to do just to draw this to a, to a complete conclusion is just to sort of, you know, if you were to distill everything you've learned through this, this adventure of being a dad for the last five and a half years or so and being an entrepreneur, right? Like if mm. you could boil that down to like, what is one thing, what's one tip for dads to thrive? What would their takeaway be from your perspective? I'd love to hear what you want to share there.
1: I think it comes down to getting clear about the life you want to create and then living with intention towards that life. I think that's whether it's just whether you're a dad or not, but I think that's the best way to do it, um, you know, with your business as if you're an entrepreneur or not, but get clear on the life that you want and live it intentionally. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you're going to just be drifting through life and looking back with the could have, would have, should haves you know? I love that. It's
0: so simple and yet so profound, right? Like because I think often we have we have it back to front. We think, okay, I've got to get this job so I can make this money. And then when I make this money and I have this job, then I'll be able to buy the house and the car, and, and that's when I'll be happy. And then you realize that the work becomes all consuming and, and the quest for for more, more bigger, better, faster, you know, more expensive, more debt, more whatever, you sort of reach a point where you go, hang on a minute. I'm like squeezing little tiny slivers of life out around the rest of my already full already busy overcommitted existence. This is not what life's mm-hmm. meant to be and I certainly had my own reckoning of that nature back when I was wiping out with depression, right? So so to be able to shift that narrative and go okay, let's change the story. What's the life we want to live? How do we want to feel when we wake up in the morning? How do we want to fill our days and spend our time? And then let's think outside the box of going okay, well what can I do to earn enough money to live the life that I want to live. And like you say, it's chosen intentionally rather than something we mm-hmm. fall into by default. Yeah. That's really cool. It's very, very profound. Yeah. So that's, I think yeah. that's a beautiful place to leave yeah. it. Todd, I'm so, so thankful that you. Put your hand up to join me today. It's been a radical conversation. I loved learning about what tailgating is. Yeah, this was I awesome, <laughs> man. This was <laughs> really great. I loved this discussion about <laughs> you know, becoming a dad <laughs> and shedding those former identities that we used to hold as, as singles and as couples before we become family men. There's so much in here. So I'm going to go back and, and take another listen, I think, and really dig into this some more. Thank you so much for your time.
1: Yeah. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm I'm just grateful to to hop on and have a this was an amazing conversation. And like I said, whoever's listening, you were meant to listen to this. Hopefully there were some nuggets in here that can help, you know, help everybody who heard it. Absolutely. All right.
0: Thank you so much. And I will uh put some notes in the in the show notes if people are interested in the sort of work you're doing right now, Todd. And if they think, oh, I need the guy to help me with my digital marketing and sales strategy, we'll Make sure they can reach out and connect up with you if that's something people need or are are keen to to do. So thank you again and thank you to everyone listening. We'll see you on the next next episode. Thanks for joining me for this episode of the Illuminating Lives podcast. Please help me reach more people by sharing this podcast with your loved ones and leaving me a great five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Remember, I work as a one-to-one coach and professional speaker, helping dads in business and leadership find more peace, feel less stress, and be the best parent, husband, and leader they can be. If you'd like to work with me or have me present to your organization, please contact me via my website or social media. All the links are in the show notes. Until next time, may you be free, may you be happy, may you be healthy, may you be loved, and may you live with ease.